monster cast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Monster Cast. I'm your host, Jack Dahl Jr., joined by Ryan Dahl. Uh, we're going to start off the show this week with our Clash of Champions predictions. However, before we get to that, I want to go over the AEW NXT ratings, of course, real quick. AEW is now up 36-8-1, or 37-8-1. I don't remember if I changed that part of it or not. But they both, I think they were both down this week, just by a little bit. Um, yeah. I was actually more surprised about AEW being down because of the amazing show that they had the week before. I thought it might bring in more fans to tune in um, the, the, for the current week. But with all the uh, political stuff going on right now for the November elections, obviously, um, who knows what that kind of effect is going on. Also, a lot of these sports are now getting to the – like baseball is getting to their playoff push of who's going to get in the playoffs. And basketball is literally in the middle of their playoffs about to get to the finals. The Lakers just clinched yesterday. So a lot of these things going on. There's a lot of shit going on. So I guess if you like put it into uh, an overall context, maybe I'm not as shocked. But from a wrestling standpoint, I really thought more people were going to tune in to AEW this week than last week just because of the momentum that they built off of last week. Maybe that was due in part also to the fact that they had to change up the lineup a lot. So what was advertised, if you're following on social media, it was not what went down because of COVID-19 uh, related issues. Um, that's for NXT and AEW, by the way. Um, but uh, AEW 886, NXT 689. Uh, so AEW still gets a big victory anyway. Uh, right, you wanna, <clears throat> the big story here wasn't even – I don't think it was the Wednesday night numbers. AEW's late night show, the 12:30 a.m. like Tuesday night, Wednesday morning show. Yeah, they did almost 600,000, 85,000 yeah. viewers. Yeah, that's crazy. Yep, people stayed up for an hour long show, just an hour long. They stayed show. up for an hour long show at 12:30 that did what, like a hundred thousand less than NXT on their real time slot. Yeah, that's fucking insane. And obviously, it's a little different construct as far as uh what the show is based off of but no wwe backstage show when it was on even came close to those numbers even when cm punk came back um that's the so. crazy thing too is it's not like they had like any huge match i mean matt seidel versus sean spears is something that you would probably see on like dark like it wasn't like it was a crazy you know yeah it was a, it was a it was a uh, glorified was a dark match. episode yeah it was a glorified dark episode for sure. Yeah, like it wasn't yeah, and fucking five hundred eighty five, that's crazy. And they advertised it everything beforehand. What, what would happen if they did it makes you wonder what would happen if they did put Dark on television. Because you know, you'd look at Dark's YouTube numbers and they're not great. But if they had put an episode of Dark in that same time slot, I think it would have done just as good. Yeah, if they the problem with Dark though is you're gonna have to scale it back. You're not gonna be able to have thirteen matches, obviously. No yeah. one's just going to sit there and watch 13 straight matches every week of a bunch of enhancement talents. This isn't WWF superstars in Saturday morning anymore, you know? 50-plus, Mike. Yeah, well, you <laughs> never know. Uh, okay, so let's go ahead and get into Clash Champions because it's tonight. Yep. In case anybody wants to – in case anybody tuned into the show today for Clash of Champions predictions, we'll go ahead and get it out the way now. Uh, the pre-show, believe it or not, is Asuka, which is mind-boggling. I know – I know the storyline is, like, literally just started. We know it's against somebody because Vince forgot who the hell is on the roster, so Zelina Vega's thrown in there. And we all know, real wrestling fans know, that Zelina Vega can wrestle. She was a wrestler before she came to WWE. 
Um, so it's not like she's um, Eva Marie going in there or anything like that um, with no training whatsoever and just being thrown in there. So Zelina Vega can wrestle. However, she will not beat Asuka. So let's go ahead and start off with the easy one, which is the pre-show match. Probably the easiest one on the whole one, um, besides probably Roman. Uh, but Asuka will retain against Zelina Vega. I don't know, man. That's, uh, yeah, no shit. Like, <laughs> well, I don't understand. Uh, I, this whole thing just doesn't even make sense to me. They could have just not had her wrestle at all rather than putting her on the pre-show against somebody in like a week and a half story, story being used very loosely. Like, I just, it's, it's bad. I always say Oscar's going to win. Um, I just, I almost wish they'd rather just not add her have a match at all but I, I get that it's clash of champions so she has to but just fucking goddamn whatever man i and to put the win and you, you know you have all these people complain about old oh, aews doesn't give enough time and attention and like focus to their women okay well guess what your best women's wrestler who is the champion but also literally the best wrestler not not just in kayfabe is on the pre-show in a basically what's going to be a fucking squash match. Can we also go ahead and use this so. moment to point out the fact that uh, we always mention how they don't care about NXT and how NXT is still seen as a developmental brand to the higher ups in the company, namely yeah, Vince McMahon. Where's the NXT, where's the NXT championships? championships at in this show? Hmm, they have curious. their own uh, takeover coming up on October fourth, but this is Clash of Champions. How is there not? Uh, the three championships in NXT and the three NXT uh, championships, or four really, four. and now and now mm-hmm. both, yeah, be well. The Heritage Cup hasn't been determined yet, but three in NXT UK and four in NXT being defended on this show in some way, shape, or form. I mean, if, really, there's there's five in NXT, right? Because you got the the North American, the the World, the women's the tags and then the cruiserweights kind yeah, of oh yeah yeah because they rebranded the cruiserweight yeah so you're right so five yeah, yeah so there's no cruiserweight title uh championship in this yes yeah, so you're you're right five so there should be eight more matches in this minimum and even if you wanted to <laughs> and and even if you wanted to uh well who's the nxt uk tag champs that you might know are they the actual uk guys i assume yeah, they're UK. see those could be pre-taped matches though is, is i guess my main point is is you know you have too many titles for the simple fact that you're trying to build NXT as its own separate third brand, yet you still don't have them in Clash of Champions where every title is on the line. So no, not every title is on the line because if NXT is uh, viewed as a third legitimate equal brand where you had them go over WWE guys for most of uh, October and November of last year, then they're clearly not... And then they, you've never heard from them since November, pretty much, right? The last time we heard from NXT, an NXT superstar before they got brought over was Keith Lee in the Royal Rumble. They haven't done uh, anything. They haven't done yeah. anything since. Uh, so, yeah. So they got lost in the shuffle really fast, which we already knew was going to happen. Uh, and it's also one of the main reasons why you are not winning these ratings wars with AEW. I mean, it's it's a small reason, but it's still a reason. You gotta put these titles and championships on the line in front of your core audience so that they can tune in to NXT. Hmm. Anything will help at this point. Um, that's gotta be T-Bar. Is not gonna fucking really do it for oh me. So, God, so, so we both these names. we both agree that it's Oscar over Zelina Vega. Next yeah. up, 
Now I'm just I'm gonna go from nine up to two because clearly that's the way that these are up on Wikipedia. They're in backwards order. Pre-show is just one P, obviously. So we're gonna go Bobby Lashley versus Apollo Cruz for the U.S. title. I'm gonna go Bobby Lashley because he just won it. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it with Lashley here. They might actually start doing kind of what I was talking about, and maybe like Apollo slowly starts to realize like, hey, like, what, why am I trying to fight this fucking wave instead of riding it? You know? I don't know. Who knows? I don't know what they're going to do. You can't have every African American in the hurt business. So eh, I'm, I've kind of I've kind of de- I'm kind of uh, deviated away from Apollo Crews joining even though I was I in my initial idea for the group Cruz was in it and not Cedric Alexander, but you know, whatever. My, Actually, Cedric was, was in it but with Ricochet. My thing is like I don't I don't mind if they put all the African Americans in one stable as long as they don't write them as an African-American stable. You know what I mean? But that's like, what they don't need do. to be fucking crime time. <laughs> but that's what but, they're going to do. So it doesn't no, matter. The way they're booked right now is great. Yeah, I know. I like the but right what now. they're going to do is if you have every... If you put Apollo Crews in there, and then you put Ricochet in there, and then you put the fucking Street Profits in there, because I feel like they're going to lose their titles, and they're all going to be so angry. I don't I don't even think Titus O'Neil is on Raw. If he I'm was in mistaken. a backstage segment fighting Retribution the yes. other day. Well, okay, Braun Strowman was on fucking Raw Underground. He's still not on Raw either. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm going Bobby Lashley here. I think it'll be cool for something something different for Cruz to do, but I still feel like they're gonna make him the face that just keeps getting beat down by this group. Maybe until he initially gets his own little group going. Maybe some people that won't backstab him. Uh, although you got Mustafa Ali losing on 205 Live now, so I mean it's uh-huh. not like. It's not I'm like you can so, get him to do anything. So fucking sick of how they're wasting Ali, dude. It's frustrating. Uh, next up, we get, oh, speaking of Street Profits, Street Profits defending their titles against Andrade and Angel Garza for the Raw Tag Team Championships. Obviously, I'm going on Andrade and Angel Garza. Uh, on Raw, why was the Champions versus Champions match not a unification match going into my great story where the tag titles is just one set of tag titles defended across all brands. I have no idea why they didn't pull the trigger on it right there to start the uh, domino effect. They should have. You you already have such weak tag team divisions in each show. And even if you had one set of tag team champions defended across all the brands, that's including NXT UK and NXT, you would still have a weaker tag division than AEW by far. So why are you not pulling the trigger on that and stop having four sets of tag team championships? That's what I said to Tyler Breeze the other day. So he had posted something on uh, on Twitter where basically fans were given giving. He he felt like people were just talking out of both sides of their mouth, basically saying like, "Oh, like not enough attention is given to, to tag team wrestling, but then also the tag team wrestling division is like um, really weak." And I'm like, "Well, that's the same thing. Like it's not." Because he was basically making it sound like people were complaining that he was you know tag champions now with him and at Fandango in, in NXT, and it's like, both are true. Like, the tag, te- tag team wrestling is better than it's ever been, just not where you are. And if they really wanted to kind of build this up and, like, make it worth watching, you would combine all three tag titles from all three different brands and then have them defended across all the brands, just like the women's tag team titles do. 
That's right. the only way that you're going to expand this enough to make it even remotely fucking watchable. Because you look at NXT right now. I say four. Cause and, I'm, I'm throwing NXT UK in there because the, in, the the women's tag titles have been defended in in NXT UK as well. So I'm going to go with that one too. Okay. Especially considering we don't even know who the hell the champions are. I think it's Gallus, but I'm not positive. You know, they've been gone for so long they just came back. So If you're going to do it that way, then just have a, a, a two or a four-man tournament, you know, two brackets on each side. And then... Have champion versus champion, champion versus champion, and then champions versus champions, and then yeah. whoever wins, yeah. Wrestle they're Kingdom, the new... Wrestle Kingdom style. Yeah, you're you're, champ- so, you're eliminating champions in the first round, and you got the two sets of champions, and then you unify all of it, kind of like what they right. did with Wrestle Kingdom this year, where they had the Intercontinental title defended, and if you lost it, then you weren't going to the next uh, the next night on the next show. Yeah, I agree with that totally for sure. I mean, yep. obviously they kept the two titles, but you, I get what you're saying. You're, yeah. you're, you're and eliminated. if you do that, you make a unified title. Yeah. And then when you have the unified title, just defend it across everywhere. And that completely gets rid of the problem of that they have in NXT right now, which is you've got four fucking tag teams in your entire division. Mm-hmm. You have Brizongo. You've got Undisputed Era, whatever combination they want to come up with. Yeah. You got um, Imperium, and you've got uh, Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan. Those but, are your only four fucking tag teams. But Imperium is technically NXT UK. They just happen to get stuck over here. During the pandemic, so they've been available to use. Yeah, it's it's so weird, dude. Like you would think that they'd look at this and be like, "Yeah, we don't really have a tag team division." But then we you, have four but then teams. You, but it's it's even bigger than that because even on SmackDown, when you've got one USO and you got one member of the New Day messed up, and then you're pushing Big E, so they're not even together with Kofi and Big E. You've already taken out two of pretty much your biggest tag teams in your whole company anyway. So you've yep. got Miz and Morrison. You've got Heavy Machinery that haven't haven't been getting uh, tag team matches because you got the stupid Otis thing with the Money in the Bank type, uh, Money in the Bank briefcase, and then you've got Nakamura and uh, Cesaro who you basically just threw together with Sami Zayn, which made sense. What? But now that they're not with Sami Zayn anymore, it makes no sense for them to be together. Be together. You have no tag team division as far as depth goes whatsoever on any show. Because you've got Street Profits, and now you've got one of the members of Viking Raiders just had surgery. Yeah. Andrade and Angel Garza were technically thrown together. I agree that they're a great tag team, but they were thrown together, just like Ricochet and Cedric Alexander were thrown together. Um, and then you finally give them a tag team name, and then you split them up. Like, I don't know what the what the fuck is going on in WWE's heads here. Um, I know Vince doesn't think tag team wrestling sells. Apparently, that's like one of his go-to lines, like, this is such good shit. But apparently, tag team wrestling is not good shit, um, which is yeah. mind-boggling well. because we talked about last week how how he deviates from what he did before that worked, and now he's acting like it doesn't work now when clearly it made him money before. And I can I can use tag teams in the same light where now he's saying they don't draw money, yet he had like 30 fucking tag teams in the early 90s that everybody wanted to see yeah. and everybody remembers as great tag teams. You had Legion of Doom. You had Demolition, Powers of Pain. Yeah. Uh, you had uh, the Rockers, Bushwhackers. the Bushwhackers, Bushwhackers getting pushed. Bushwhackers were over. How are you telling me that? I mean, that a, even that later than team... that too. You remember? Yeah, the Headbangers and all that shit too. Yeah. Hardy Boys, fucking Edge and Christian, Dudley yeah, Boys. Well, like you could say it about anything that Vince used to do that he says doesn't work anymore, but it worked when he did it before. So why do you think it doesn't work anymore? Like for instance, we just talked about tag teams, and last week I forgot what we were talking about. Um, I don't remember what the hell we were talking about last week, but he. We were making fun of him for something that he said doesn't work, but he clearly did it in the early 90s. But 
you can also point to stables. Like you said with the headbanger, the headbanger era, the early attitude era, you had Nation of Domination, Heart Foundation, uh, Disciples of, Poc- of Apocalypse, um, Corporate. Los Periquas, the Corporation. Everybody was in a fucking stable, and that was your highest profiting fucking years of all time in wrestling. But now you're going to act like you can't have stables because they are they don't get over and they don't sell merchandise. That's bullshit. Yeah, but, but we're talking about a guy that make any we're talking about a guy that forgot Bianca Belair was on his roster. So I mean, did you see her new vignette though? No. Was, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Where she was yeah. working out. You're talking about the gym one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It was pretty funny. It was good. Yeah. I mean, clearly the tire thing was fake, but yeah, it was good. Uh, okay. So, what are you talking about? My girlfriend could lift those tires. I don't care. Bianca Belair didn't lift it. Didn't she might be able to do it, but she didn't do it right there in that in that video. Hmm. I wasn't watching that close for camera edits, but uh, Street Profits versus Andrade and Angel Garza. I'm going Andrade and Angel Garza. Are you going the same way? Yeah, yeah. I think that I think they're starting to realize that Street Profits as the champions aren't really doing anything. Like they're not getting any extra attention. They're not getting any extra hype. Like it's not. They compelling. used to be on fucking eight times every show when Paul Heyman yeah. was in charge, and now they're barely on at all. I think they're they're more exciting in the chase than they are as the champions, and I think they see that, and they want heel champions to to give people to chase. So, yeah, I think I think Andrade gets them probably. All right, so we're going. We just had a triple threat match on SmackDown between Jeff Hardy, AJ Styles, and Sami Zayn. Yeah. Sami Zayn won. Now we're having another triple threat, but this one is going to be a ladder match for the Intercontinental Championships. Both of them are supposed to be. Hang hung up, and they're going to unify the two titles that look identical, uh, Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon style. Um, so Jeff Hardy versus AJ Styles versus Sami Zayn. Um, a few years ago, maybe as little as even two years ago, I would have been a lot a lot more excited for this match than I am now. Um, I mean, out of all the matches on the card, I guess technically I'm looking forward to this one the most. Because I already know how Jey Uso Roman's gonna go. You're gonna, you know, you're gonna really feel it for Jey Uso at some point, and then you know he's gonna get beat. Uh, I don't, I don't see the Riot Squad winning. I don't I, see they, Lucha Party. It could just I don't be a see. fucking squash match, dude. Yeah, maybe they could give him the Lesnar push. Who knows what's gonna happen? But I, I feel like Jey Uso is gonna get some licks in. I don't, um, I don't think Reigns would let them book bury Jay. him. Yeah, I know. Squash. That's what I was saying at work. Okay, so here's the thing. They might tell Roman to go out there, but what are they going to do to Roman Reigns? He's the champion. If he wants to go pull a fucking Scott Hall, Chris Jericho moment out of his ass and put put him over in any of the slightest way possible, then what are you going to do to him? Back in the day, Jericho has said on many occasions that Scott Hall is one of the reasons why Jericho got super, super popular because they wanted Hall to go over Jericho, but Hall wanted to put over the young Jericho on a pay-per-view. Hall goes out there, supposedly he was supposed to have won, but he put Jericho over anyway. They didn't get rid of Scott Hall. You can't get rid of Scott Hall because guess what? He's going back to WWE as Razor Ramon, and all the all the eyes and shit is going to be on him, and he's going to get he's going to be getting paid too. You yeah. can't get rid of Roman Reigns. He's your champion. He's the biggest thing on SmackDown right now. You're you're definitely not going to get rid of him. You might strip him of the title or have him lose to you know Strowman or the Fiend or whatever to to uh, discipline him, but you're not getting rid of Roman Reigns. It's not it's not possible. So if Roman wants to go out there and make Jey Uso look better than what Vince wants him to look, then he can do it. 
That's all up to Roman, honestly. But yeah, so yeah. I totally agree with you on that. I I think he's gonna make let Jay get in some get in some licks, regardless of what he's told backstage. Um, I'd be very shocked. I don't think it'll be a you know I don't think it's gonna be a twenty minute classic or even fifteen or even twelve. I think it might. I think that the topic goes is eight minutes. I think I don't see it going more than eight minutes, but I do think Jay Uso gets some licks in, maybe maybe Kofi Kingston style. Like just go straight for him and start beating. Because I mean the beatdown that Roman gave him on SmackDown warrants if Jay Uso doesn't come out just swinging when that bell rings, then it's gonna really. Didn't really give him a beatdown. He just Superman punched him. He gave, he gave him a pretty. I think he gave him a pretty good beatdown. Uh, for somebody that's your family, yeah. Uh. I don't know where I want to go with on the triple threat ladder match. I think I'm – I know Hardy just got it, but I think – how do I want to do this? Um, I don't know what I, I – maybe uh, – I think I might go – oh, this is so weird. I'm leaning towards AJ or Sammy because I think Jeff Hardy is going to be the next feud for Roman Reigns. Um, I don't know which way I want to go, though. Sammy, Sammy is a really good talker and really annoying champion, and you really want to see him get beat by somebody. But AJ Styles is a way better talker than he used to be, and obviously he's still a great wrestler. Um, and it's funny when you think of AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, you think of ladder matches, but, um, besides Hardy being out of the mix, cause I'm not picking him to win. Sami Zayn is actually a better ladder match wrestler than AJ Styles is. So a lot of people don't under, understand cause AJ Styles really hasn't been in that many ladder matches. He just, his style works with ladder matches, but Sami Zayn all the way back to the ring of honor days, he's a ladder match guy. Um, uh, I don't know how much of. I'm, I don't know how dangerous he would want to be in this, and AJ's up there in age two. I still feel mm. like I still feel like Jeff Hardy's going to do the big oh my god moment of the match, but he'll probably end up being on the brunt end of it. Like he'll be taking it, the damage. Yeah, his brother needs to talk to him. Yeah, that's the that's <laughs> the one who needs to talk to him because he's listening. Um, mm. well, he might now. I think I'm gonna go. Uh, I think I'm going to go Sami Zayn, and I think they might try to turn AJ face here as well. I think Sami Zayn wins it by, like, you know, hitting AJ in the balls on top of the ladder or something, taking it, and then AJ, AJ Styles feuds with Sami Zayn um, going forward, and AJ is kind of a face, and Jeff Hardy moves on to a feud with Roman Reigns next after his feud with Uso is done at the pay-per-view. So I'm going to go Sami Zayn. Yeah, I, I just think it would be weird to have him win last or on SmackDown, and then also have him win. I don't yeah, know, it just doesn't make sense yeah, it's something they don't usually do. They they usually do that so you have a feeling that Sami Zayn could possibly win this. Yeah, but the person who wins like the pre pay per view match pretty much never wins. I know, I agree. I'm agreeing with so you. So I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say they give it back to AJ. I think AJ. AJ can actually do something with it and draw, so. Uh, next up, we got Cesaro and Shinsuke versus Lucha House Party for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. I'm going Cesaro and Nakamura, and I believe this will be the the final nail in the coffin for Lucha House Party. The split will happen after this. 
I mean, hopefully. They're they're all better off on their own as far as talent and being recognized and stuff. When you group them all together like that, they just kind of get lost. Grandma Talik is fucking great. Kalisto's great. Um, they would both do fine on their... Did you see the um, the Grandma Talik versus uh, Shinsuke match? Yeah. I mean, it didn't make my top five, but... But it yeah, was, yeah it was but good. that was one of those things where like it was know, a fast, they... pa- it was a fast paced short match. It was really good. Yeah, it was kind of like uh, uh, Cesaro and um, was it Cesaro and Kalisto? They had a quick, they had a quick uh, fast paced awesome match. Like yeah, you could have gave them five more minutes easily, and it could have been up there. Yeah. Um, for both of them, they're they're all good wrestlers. Even Dorado's really uh, solid in the ring. He's not as good as Metallic or Kalisto, but he's solid, and he can talk better than the other two. So. Uh, he's got that going for him. So, yeah, I do believe that in the draft, they just should split all three of them up. One needs to go to NXT, one needs to go to Raw, one needs to stay on SmackDown, honestly. Because yeah. I think they get typecast. I think the Lucha House Party thing has run its course. Um, it's like a bushwhacker gimmick. Like, you okay, you've made everybody do the Lucha Lucha thing, and then after the match starts, no one cares. Um, and they get lost in the shuffle. And you're, and you're typecasting them as three Mexican luchadors all just being together. Like, you never saw Rey Mysterio being put with a bunch of other people. Even in WCW, he refused to go to the LWO. So, I mean, and then look how big Rey Mysterio got compared to everybody else. So, you don't need to be typecasting them together. If you want them to break out and make you money and make you merchandise sales, you need to let them do their own thing. Um, but, yeah, so I don't see them winning here either. Cesaro and Nakamura retain for me. Yeah, I mean the, they would they already teased the um they already teased the Kalisto split too at the end of that match. So Yeah. Oh, they've been teasing yeah. that. Um Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler will defend their women's tag team championships against the Riot Squad, uh Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan. And it and it it's kind of bittersweet here because I'm glad they're finally doing something with Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan who they never should have split to begin with. Um but now they're back together, and they're going to get immediately destroyed here. So I don't know what the point was to put them back together just to get destroyed and basically have no shot against Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler because the only chance they have against Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler is if Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler can't get on the same page and just fight each other or hit each other um, or accidental or on purpose, whatever, and the Riot Squad ends up rolling one of them up or something like that, which I don't see happening because I don't see either one of them then going to face Asuka right away, because I think the Zelina Vega thing might last a little bit longer than just this one uh, pay-per-view match that's that's on the pre-show. So I'm going to go Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler retain the titles here. Yeah, that makes sense to me, too. Um, I The Riot Squad, I mean, they have been pushing them a little bit and stuff. I just, I don't see them, I don't see them giving them the titles over... I mean, they could they could have the Riot Squad win, just have like a real tag team have it, and then start the Jax versus Baszler feud. But it's kind of early. I don't see anybody going for Asuka until the draft. I think maybe some big name from SmackDown comes over to Raw, um, or Charlotte comes back from her thing because I heard she's close to coming back from her uh, implant repair surgery thing. Um, so Asuka could be going against Charlotte next, which I haven't seen in a while, and they always have decent matches, so I'd be down for that. Um, but unless another person from, you know, like, I don't know what day they're going to have this in October, but I feel like Bailey and Sasha are probably staying on SmackDown because that match isn't happening until probably Survivor Series, right? You would think, at the latest, since it's not happening tonight. 
Um, and I don't know what the October one is because they don't have a Saudi show this year, obviously. Um, I can't remember what the October show usually is. Um, Do we know? Uh, the only thing I know that's coming up is the next takeover. I don't. Uh, yeah, Hell yeah. in a Cell, maybe. Is it? Oh, maybe. Maybe they'll. Maybe they'll do it at Hell in a Cell. But yeah, mm-hmm. so I don't. Yeah, it's got. It might be Hell in a Cell actually. So if it's Hell in a Cell, well, that's cool with me. But I think they said that the draft is going to happen sometime in October, which would be before Hell in a Cell probably, depending on what day that is. If it's an early one, then maybe they can still change over and Sasha or Bailey can come over. And it'll probably be Bailey that gets moved anyway because she's the heel to go against Asuka. Uh, but yeah, so I don't see... That's why I don't see Asuka losing it. And I don't see Nia and Shayna losing it yet, just yet. Um, speaking of not losing it just yet, I think the other women's championship stays with Bailey as she goes against Nikki Cross again for, I want to say, like the third time in a row here. Um... But yeah, I'm going to say Bailey keeps it, obviously, because the, the Bailey-Sasha feud would make zero sense with no title on the line because it's basically been based off of championships the entire time. Now, usually a really strong feud, you don't need a title. But because of their, their friendship was based off of championships and winning all the championships and then slowly losing all the championships, with one championship being left around Bailey's waist, it would make zero sense for Sasha not to be the one to take it off of Bailey at this point. Yeah, I mean, they could do a story where where Sasha makes her lose it, but I don't think they do it that way. Because the way the WWE booking thinks is like, oh, if there's a belt involved, it's more important. Like, it's going to be a bigger sell or whatever. I don't think that's a feud that really needs a belt to, to sell. People are going to care about it either way. So they could have a, the thing where Banks comes in and makes her, like, fucks her up and so she loses it, but... I uh, no, I don't think I don't see them doing it that way. Uh, next up, the the other easy one, obviously for me, is Roman Reigns, the champion with Paul Heyman, his first defense here, going against Uso, Jay Uso, for the WWE Blue Universal Championship. Um, obviously I'm going Roman Reigns here. Yeah, I don't. I mean, that seems so obvious. I, I can't think of any scenario where it wouldn't be. Yeah, and I don't think it'll be that close, but I did say that I think Uso will get in some shots. I think it'll go eight minutes because the real main event is obviously the long – it'll probably be a long, drawn-out 20-plus minutes. match. Yeah, the ambulance match for – you know, we're going to have to watch for 20-plus minutes probably between McIntyre and Randy Orton. And it's not to say that it won't be good, but um, – Long Orton matches usually have a lull in the middle. Mm. Um, you saw it with Edge both times. You'll see it here probably with the ambulance match. I don't really think they needed the ambulance match stipulation thrown in here. Um, I think it actually probably would have been a better match without it, but it's whatever. Uh, so I'm I'm actually going... Um, whew, actually, this is probably the hardest one on here. Um, McIntyre's done so well, but we already know that that doesn't matter <laughs> um, to WWE. And they could be wanting to give Orton his last little hurrah as a, you know, as, this would tie him with, with Triple H. I feel like this um, would be also dependent on how fast they think Edge is going to return. 
I mean, they could do an edge return tonight. I don't know. I don't think it's that. I don't think he's that far ready. What did he fuck up? Uh, I believe he tore his. Uh, um, damn it! I just How had it. You get injured so quick after. I just had just it. Um, he tore yeah, his what well, was in the greatest wrestle match ever, or whatever it is when he tore it up. Triceps. Yeah, triceps. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, but he's older too, so he's not going to be coming back as fast as he would have, you know, when he was with the brood or anything. We're not talking about Super Cena coming back super fast or anything. He's got to be careful so he doesn't fucking hurt the same damn thing. So I got to make sure he's a hundred percent. I think he maybe he comes back at Royal Rumble. I don't know if he wins it, but. I'm actually gonna go. I, if Orton gets it, they want to have. They want him to have it for a little bit before Edge comes back, because you don't want to just have, you know, Orton win it after a month and then drop it into Edge. So I think I'm gonna go. And I don't Best see Orton. I don't see Orton getting another shot here after this if he loses yeah, either. I don't either. So apparently, best case scenario for triceps tears is normally about a four month recovery. We are coming right up on four months. But do you think they do Survivor Series, though? Or Hell in a Cell? You think Orton versus Edge at Hell in a Cell, maybe? Hell in a Cell? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know how eager Edge is to get fucking injured again as soon as he gets back. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I don't know too. if I want to do a Hell in a Cell, bro. Um, you know what? I think that I think that's probably where they are going to end up going. Because every now and then, they'll have one Hell in a Cell that's like a grudge match and not for a title. So I think the title match will be Bailey and Sasha in a Hell in a Cell. And I think it'll be Edge and Orton if he comes back. So I am going to go Drew McIntyre keeps it. And then Orton can go against Edge at Hell in a Cell. And that way McIntyre can probably go against, I assume, Keith Lee. Who knows what the hell they're going to do. T-Bar. Yeah, I'd like, I'd like to see some more T-Bar. Maybe some Mace. T-Bar, Mace. Some, uh... Red, uh, Reckoning. Retaliation. Yeah, are we going to talk about that at all? Uh, well, um... we're doing our predictions right now. So, no, I mean, we're going to get into uh, it soon. Because, goddamn. Drew McIntyre or Orton? Who are you going with? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, McIntyre. All right, so there's our predictions for Clash of Champions. Now, let's please get into this because Ryan clearly wants to get into it. Yeah, I do. Um, T-Bar. names I've ever heard. T-Bar. Well, they're cool to Vince McMahon. T-Bar, Mace, Puke. Oh, no, wait, my, my bad. Not that. Not Puke. Uh, T-Bar, Mace, <laughs> Slapjack, uh, Retaliation, and Reckoning. Are your five Retribution members? They all have their own Twitter accounts now, separate from the real people, which is Mia Yim, Mercedes Martinez, Dominic Dijakovic, uh, Dio Madden, and Shane Thorne. Uh, had, I've seen some funny shit. Apparently, it was not well received. Well, it was well received as, as a comedy sketch in the back. Apparently, a lot of people were laughing and joking about when they came out. They thought it was hilarious. Uh, they thought it was basically silly and stupid, which is, I mean, what we're talking about here. Um, basically looked like uh, a ripoff of Mad Max Fury Road in the ring. Uh, looked like Mia Yim and Mercedes Martinez got their uh, Mortal Kombat cosplay masks out and put those on, um, which they're both known for. So, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility that's where they got their masks from. Um, they're not even trying to hide who the fuck they are with these masks. So I don't know why we're calling them different names. Uh, it's just silly all around. I don't know how we're supposed to take them seriously now. Especially with the names. 
Apparently, T-bar yeah. stands for something specific, and that didn't make it sound any better. Um, yeah, it's it's brutal, dude. What what is uh, <laughs> what the hell are we supposed to make of this team? I will say that they're all they're all pretty good at Twitter. Yeah, um, they're hilarious on Twitter. Yeah, they've been cracking me the fuck up on Twitter. Um, but I it's sad that they have to be really fucking funny and shit on people online because they know that on television they're just not it's not going to happen. Like they they basically. They're kind of in the weird Dark Order spot. Yeah, I was about to say Dark Order. Off. Yeah, I was about to say Dark Order. Dark Order on fucking BT yeah, is like fucking like when great. Dark Order. Yeah, and it makes you like them more on television, even though they're not really doing the same stuff. Yeah. Um, so I think they might they might kind of look out, and because they're also good at the social media stuff, that they might get more following and more appreciation than they would be if they were just saddled with this dumb shit and had nowhere else to even remotely express themselves or talk or show any kind of character work or anything like that. But God damn, man, what is Slapjack's fucking mask? I don't know. Did you see it CM like Punk? It looks like a fucking paper plate. That's what CM Punk said. Did he? Yeah. It literally looks like a fucking paper plate. And Eric Young wasn't too fond of it. He said, nice mask, Shane Thorne, or chain or whatever he fucking said, uh, because he wears a white mask in Impact, and it kind of had similar markings mm. or whatever the hell it has going on. Like a failed, uh, fucking Friday the Thirteenth Jason Voorhees thing. I don't know what's going on. It's terrible. Uh, imagine, imagine being Dijakovic right now. Yes. And be like looking at fucking Keith Lee and how they pushed him and like what he's doing, and then you come over and you're T Bar. <laughs> you're gonna wear this dumbass well, put, mask. They put. They gave Keith it, Lee generic music and gave him a skirt, and I mean it's not it's not too much worse. Not as bad as not as bad as T Bar. But um, yeah, I was I was just thinking that I was thinking that the other day. I was like, God damn, man, Dijakovic and Keith Lee had like all these classic matches. Everybody was like, Oh my God, they're both so good. And then Keith Lee is out wrestling goddamn Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre, and Dominic Dijakovic is leading a fucking group that makes no sense in any storyline. And his name is T Bar now. T Bar. <laughs> T Bar. Yeah. They sound like uh, so. I, I don't know how many of y'all have ever played Streets of Rage, the video game, but like when you're when you're going through the stages, you fight like all these random enemies with these stupid fucking names, like Signal and Electro and Jerko or whatever the fuck. Like that's what it reminds me of. It's just like r randomly generated fucking NPC names. As I as for... I, I've told I've told people uh, a little bit before, a couple people before this uh, show today. But you know the one that I wouldn't even mind if he was off on doing his own thing is Mace. Mace looks yeah. cool as shit. He looks he has the look. Um he already failed his Dio Madden because you wanted to put him in the announcer role. So if there was anybody that you were gonna repackage that didn't have a big uh following already, it would be him. It would be Dio Madden. So Mace yeah. actually works for me and I even came up with this sweet scenario where Mace could be like the big bad for uh the fiend, like you know, when he comes out on the Firefly Funhouse, he could say he has a new friend, but then turn to the camera with his straight face and be like, "But he's not so friendly." And then you know, when the lights go out in the in the arena or whatever, and you think the fiend's gonna show up, just one time, you know, when to debut this new character, it would be Mace. Maybe I wouldn't have him have the same name as mm -hmm. Mace, but it would be basically that character, just probably with a different name, and then have him yeah. be the big bad 
for whenever the Fiend wants to go back heel. And it'd be like basically what Strowman was to the Wyatt family when he was first there as the Black Sheep or whatever. But be Mace and be like a horror version or whatever. I think that would be a really cool thing for the Fiend. So the Fiend doesn't always have to go out there. and You don't overstay its welcome because we can all agree that Fiend is kind of like Andre the Giant. Less is more. If you overdo yeah. it and he's on every show and he's in three different segments, I mean, you're killing it. You're you're burying it into the ground. Um, so, yeah, I think that would have been cool. But he's, he's what they would call an attraction. Yeah, yeah, an attraction. Yeah, exactly. Um, which is what I would view him as or the Demon Finn Balor, which they ran into the ground because they kept using him every time um, instead of just special They're occasions. Not using him when it would make sense. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, don't go out there as Demon Balor against Brock Lesnar. No, that doesn't make any sense. Um, <laughs> you're undefeated, but don't don't fucking do it with Lesnar. Uh, you don't really want the title, pal. Um, but yeah, so Mace, I actually like Mace, the look and stuff like that. The not the name, but the the look and everything with him works because he wasn't doing a shit ton of matches in NXT. Yeah. He's a wrestler, but he was like never. Never on TV. He was always in the dark matches. Them, he's the only one whose gimmick, like his whole fucking situation with would the company, actually does make sense yes, with the gimmick. Because he would be held back. Yes, I yes. agree. Or is Dijakovic, bro, you were main event in NXT how many times? Mm-hmm. What are you complaining about? Who was holding you down? Yeah, ridiculous. I don't Kenny want... Omega? The other one's... Calling you dickhead? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In what fucking reality is fucking Dominic reality. Dijakovic being held back? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's pretty brutal. The whole, just the whole plot where they get... The whole thing about that the announcers were even struggling to explain. Like, oh, yeah, they're signed to contracts with the company that they were destroying now because now they can keep them under control while they destroy the company. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. None of this makes sense. Even though clearly T-Bar says on Twitter that you're still not safe and they're still going to destroy the, the WWE. Thanks for the money, dummies. Why couldn't you have say? I mean, <laughs> you already fucking dragged this bullshit out way too long as it is because you just couldn't wait to throw these fucking mass people on TV throwing uh, Molotov cocktails at the fucking generators and shit, right? So why couldn't you just wait till fucking a few, like a, maybe even a month later, now start the storyline now, and have it go all the way up to Survivor Series and have them go against WWE guys in a Survivor Series match because they feel like they're being held back, so now you're like, okay, well we'll put you in the main event of Survivor Series against WWE guys, and if you guys can win, we'll give you WWE contracts. How does that not make more sense than what the fuck they're putting on TV right now? Yeah, they could have done that. They could have done a lot of things, but, you know. they Like I've said before, they have the dual problem of not knowing when to pull the trigger and then also pulling it way too early, too. Like, they don't know when to so, slow burn you've, some stuff. You've heard, don't know you've heard on, like, the Jericho podcast and stuff of, like, people that are being released and the ideas that they pitched to Vince that sound fucking great. Like, yeah, that would have been cool to see. Right? Even the Eric Rowan shit with the little girl from American Horror Story in the cage instead of a fucking mechanical spider sounded fucking awesome. Right. And Vince says no to that, but then you're watching Raw and you look at fucking T-Bar. T-Bar? And you're like, 
So this Bro. was okay. This passed the 30 levels of fucking people that it had to get to to get to Vince, and he approved it with his Vince fucking approval seal. And you put this shit on TV, but the stuff that these guys have been saying, FTR, Eric Rowan, Luke Harper, all this other stuff, the, the ideas, Matt Hardy, the ideas that they went to Vince and he said no to, but he put that on TV, fucking mind-boggling. Yeah, Ryback said some shit yesterday, I think, talking about, oh yeah, like, the world will be better off when Vince McMahon passes. That's kind of harsh. Oh, yeah. That's kind of fucked, fucked up. That's fucked up. Yeah, that's fucked that's up. Fucked up. That's like but the, but as far as the wrestling world, probably. You know, he doesn't need the pass to do it. Just give it up now to Triple H and Seth. I don't want to see you die. I I just don't think he's going to do that. Before oh, no, I don't either. For sure not. No. Fuck no. He's going to be like Joe Paterno. Hell no. He's doing it until he dies. Yeah. yeah for so sure. no, I, like, I'm not over here like, God damn, I hope Vince dies so wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Like, I've never said I, that. I've never said that. Right. Yeah, no, no. That's fucking insane. But also, objectively, like, you have to realize that once he's – out of everybody's way and, and good ideas can float to the top without the weird fucking like ultimate judgment of somebody who's clearly out of touch with what's sounds cool or is cool or whatever. Right. I mean, it will be better. Yeah. So. Just be, I mean, we, we could say the same thing about a lot of other people in wrestling. Um, like Jim Cornette, for instance, Jim Cornette, yeah, Jim I can watch it. I can watch it. No, no, no. Just hear me out. The, the, it's not about authority. It's about the fact that I can watch eighties wrestling and watch his interviews and be like, damn, that dude was good. Damn, he knows what he's talking about. But then when you talk about now, today's Jim Cornette, it's like, dude, just give it up. It's the same thing I feel about Vince. Vince, in the 90s, in the 2000s, in the 80s even, you were fucking great. You had your finger on the pulse. You had the right people around you. You had the right people tell you no or distract you from whatever the fuck stupid shit you were going to do. For the most part. I mean, you had your hiccups here and there with the, you know, fucking gobbledygooker and shit like that but for the most part you were on point you changed when you needed to change going against wcw right he changed when he was going against wcw and ecw he changed when he needed to change he won but now it's to the point where and a lot of people say it and i think it's true to a point and maybe AEW came a little bit too late for events to change his mind because now he's too set in his ways after 20 years of no competition whatsoever and that's no fault on AEW, obviously. Uh, but maybe they came in too late for the competition to really uh, pick up for both sides. Because now it's kind of like, oh, great, man. You're not going to give it up. You clearly don't have your finger on the pulse anymore. You're way out of touch. You've been being told that you've been out of touch since 2011 with CM Punk interviews when he was fucking shooting on all y'all. And you still haven't changed nine years later. You had the Daniel Bryan promos telling you the same thing. And you just don't get it. It's time to hang it up. And I feel like there's that's happened with a bunch of people in wrestling. But the difference is, is those people are no longer in wrestling to the extent that Vince McMahon is in wrestling. Yeah. It's time for him to give it up for sure. I totally agree. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Speaking, ridiculous. Speaking of authority figures, um, <laughs> apparently <laughs> this is probably the funniest fucking retribution tweet I've ever seen. Apparently, Eric Bischoff oh, was talking yeah, about yeah. the, the Retribution storyline yeah. and said it sucks. Yeah. And T-Bar said, thank you, Eric Bischoff. You're a huge inspiration for Retribution. We, too, aspire to one day destroy a billion-dollar wrestling company and bury it under fiery wreckage. <laughs> God damn. I will go on record to say that he was never a billion-dollar company. He was only a million-dollar company. He never got to the billion-dollar shit. Yeah, but 
Uh, Turner. It's a billion dollar company. But they weren't pumping the money into it because they didn't care about wrestling, so it's not the same. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was a funny tweet. Um, let's go. Let's go to some better wrestling. Let's go AEW awesome. and NXT. Um, because even mm. though NXT has you know, it's it's not the Everybody's... NXT that we all loved. It fucking sucks. It's still good. It's still better than Raw and SmackDown by miles. Um, so let's go AEW first. Um, Cody returns. Got the yeah. uh, dark Spider-Man gimmick going on. He's back to, I don't know, it's like his version of Sting almost, it seems. Uh, comes all dressed in black with the black hair, which is pretty cool. I, I'm pretty sure it's for a role of some sort. Um, it just happened to work out that way because he's going against Dark Order and he's coming back. To avenge his nightmare family or whatever. I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, he looked good. Uh, was wrestling, uh, moving around pretty good for a dude in dress shoes. Um, mm-hmm. That hasn't been on TV for five weeks. Love Brody Lee's fucking promo after, by the way. In the back, when he got super pissed off and challenged him basically to a dog collar match. Which I assume will be accepted and will be done. And you can expect maybe some uh, blonde Cody coming back with a bunch of red in his hair. Because he will be bleeding in that match. Um, the main event changed to Moxley versus Kingston for the world title from AEW because of COVID-19. Um, I guess I should say that Brody defeated Orange Cassidy in a match that made my top five this week. Um, and that's why Cody came back or whatever, or he came back after rather, after that match. Uh, and FTR, uh, go full heel on best friends, uh, do the whole, basically the chicken shit out of an actual fight type deal. But they were trying to spin it like they were helping the best friends out because the best friends were in that crazy match the week prior in the street fight or parking lot fight or whatever you want to call it. And they were trying to act like they were giving best friends time to heal up, but in reality, they didn't want to wrestle best friends while they had all the momentum, basically, is what it is what it boiled down to. Um, anything else on the show you want to talk about? Anything I just mentioned you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about Lance Archer getting the COVID, Ryan Cage feeling sick, staying home as well? Will Hobbs what'd still? Will the... Hobbs still got his little moment, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, what'd you think about the uh, the Kingston Moxley match? It's in my top five. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, like, I like. I, I even like the the, the Page versus Evil Uno match. I thought it was yes, good. Yes, Page versus Evil Uno was a good match. Um, it's still it's better than I thought it was gonna be. It's still harder to tell. It's hard. It's hard to tell rather where they're kind of going with the Page and Omega thing. Like, I still don't know if they're gonna go back to a tag team and get those title shots. But FTR didn't even mention them as a tag team when he was going down the list of the rankings. But they're still up there in the top five. And if, if I'm not mistaken, they're still number one or number two. So it's weird that FTR didn't even mention them. Um, and I don't know if they're going to go Omega versus Page at the next pay-per-view or not. But, I mean, I feel like that's where they're going with it. I thought the... Um... I thought the uh, Isaiah Cassidy challenging Chris Jericho shit was kind of I don't know I didn't I didn't like that segment something was off about it. Yeah, I mean that wasn't the greatest thing, but it was it was all right. I thought Jericho did good. Like the way that they were passing the mic off to each other, like the, during that whole thing, like oh like let me interrupt, like no it's my fight, blah, blah like all that shit. It just sounded so like robotic, King Babyface, like, super contrived. Yeah. it was no, nah, it was I don't I didn't like it. And I also don't really care about that match because 
Well, uh, Jericho, I mean, we know Jericho's going to win. Yeah, of course um, Jericho's going to win, but Jericho's going to let him get some shit in, too. He's going to try to put them over. He's going to give him the rub, just like he gave Cassidy the rub. He gave Jungle Boy the rub. He gave Janela the rub. That's what, he, that's that's what that, he's doing. The MJF Jericho backstage shit was better than that whole party, private party promo. Well, I mean, you're talking about Jericho and MJF. Yeah, but they only talk for like two minutes. Don't matter. You're talking about Jericho and MJF on the mic compared to Private Party and Matt Hardy on the mic. Not even so what's close. The, uh, what's, what's the deal with the, the Tully Blanchard fucking FTR 20-minute shit? I don't know. I thought he explained it weird. Yeah, it didn't really make sense. It's just a 20-minute brush with greatness because basically they don't want to go 60 minutes on TV because they they think they're above that type deal. If you're going to go a 60-minute match, it's going to be on pay-per-view because they want to get paid. So you got 20 minutes, basically, to fight them on TV is basically what it is. I assume that they're doing this whole storyline because somebody's going to take them to a 20-minute limit draw. And then they'll probably get a match on pay-per-view is where I think it's going. I think that's the whole setup to it. Um, but yeah, as long as they're champions, if you're fighting for the titles on TV, you're only getting 20 minutes because... They're not getting paid pay-per-view money type deal because they're the top guys now. It's basically what it is. Yeah. Uh, that's the best way I could describe it. Um, Brody Lee versus Orange Cassidy. That was a good match. I thought it was um, great. I thought it probably was, besides the Mox Kingston, I think I had it. I think I had Mox Kingston higher. Yes, I did. Um, But not by much. But yeah, it was. they, they both made my top five. Uh, yeah, I liked it. I'm trying to think of what else happened, honestly. Uh, Miro had his first tag team action match, got slightly hurt in it, so that kind of hindered it. Also, he's not really used to wrestling tag team matches, so I felt like it was a kind of clunky match. But, I mean, you're in there with three guys that you've never been in there in a ring with before, so I can't fault him for that, really. Did you watch... Uh, oh, fuck, I guess that's technically... I was thinking... I guess technically it was Sunday in Japan. Nope. Nope, 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 nope. But... Not in there. Not in there. I only got night three Fuck. and four. Or four, maybe, or whatever it was. Three and four, night two. Night two, three. Yeah, two and three. Four was four was on Sunday, right? Or was that five? Four. Today is Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Well, this, earlier this morning was four, right? And then five is on Tuesday? Something like that? Yeah, yeah, dude, so that the fuck, there were so many good matches. Doesn't matter. We're not talking about it. Bro. Not talking about it. Listen, though, we're not going to talk about it, but for those of y'all who are interested in New Japan or maybe not even remotely interested in New Japan, go watch the Shingo Takagi versus Will Ospreay match because that shit was perfect. <clears throat> Won't say who won. Can't say anything more than that because it's not technically for this week, but... Shingo Takagi versus Osprey. Please go watch. <clears throat> okay, so, I mean, that really covers AEW. I really don't know what else to talk about. The tag team match was good. It made my top women's match. Or, I don't think it was the top women's match, but I think it made my top. Let me check. No, it was my top women's match this week. Yeah, the women's matches were down this week. But I gave it three. But we'll get into that later. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it. I can't think of anything else that happened because of, you know, everybody that got sent home or stayed home rather. Um, yeah, I hope Lance is back pretty quick. Cause right now they, they have a real problem with Moxley not really having any legitimate challenger. I feel like, and if they're going to try to 
hot shot somebody in there until he gets back, like it's going to be very obvious that whoever, like if they say, oh, well, Ricky Starks gets a fucking shot now because he came in and attacked him after the match or whatever bullshit, like he's going to get killed. Yeah, like, well, they just you're giving him you're giving shots because I mean, you had to put Kingston in there because it made sense storyline wise because he kept saying he never got eliminated. Plus the fact that you already advertised Moxley. So and he's clearly the yeah. biggest draw out of the six guys that were advertised. So, if you want to, like, not have people, like, all over your fucking case, you got to at least have Moxley. And then, of course, if you're going to use Moxley, you need to have him in a situation where it matters. So, I don't have a problem with the Eddie Kingston world title match being thrown out there. It made sense storyline-wise. And it kind of worked out for AEW, honestly. I don't know if they were going to save that match for a little See, bit I later or not, but I think it actually worked out I just out don't for like him. it for Kingston because Kingston, well, that's Kingston wasn't going to win Kingston's anyway. Kingston's lost two big matches, Yeah, you know? but Kingston wasn't going to beat Moxley anyway. Yeah, no shit. But I mean, like they could have picked somebody else. It was on short notice. He has a he has a fallback. Also, he's said on Twitter he never gave up, so he just passed mm. out. So he still he still got protected, in a sense. Mm, kind of. I mean, he did tap out to the figure four. I wish he would have passed. <laughs> I wish he would have passed out to the figure four, and then passed out to Moxley. I think he would look more a lot, lot more badass, and he'd have even more credibility. But now it's kind of like, oh yeah, I never tapped out to Moxley. Yeah, but you tapped out to Cody. Why'd you tap out to Cody then? Well, Cody doesn't put him to sleep. He's got to deal with that pain. I've seen motherfuckers pass out to the figure four in the day. In the back <laughs> yeah, of the day. It and it doesn't make any fucking sense. It doesn't matter I've, if it makes any sense. It makes more sense to like have to, to, to pretend that you're like or get trying to fucking brace yourself against the, the pain and get pinned than it does to pass out. Correct. But you could also had it like uh, like um, – Austin passed out to the sharpshooter. He was losing blood and shit. Like, if he was bleeding, yeah. like, if Kingston was bleeding, maybe. You never know. Something like that. Then it could have been, like, yeah, he was in a move that he couldn't get out of, but he didn't really pass out from the figure four. He just passed out because of blood loss, and he was trying to fight too much, and he fainted or whatever. Um, okay, so I don't... I Yeah. <laughs> fainted, he's all right. He'll come back to life. Um, he'll be all right. So, NXT, the gauntlet match, dude, was great. Fucking great was really high on my list this week. Um, it was Bronson Reed versus Cameron Grimes versus Kushida versus Kyle O'Reilly versus Timothy Thatcher. And uh, overall, match-wise, NXT had a great showing between that and I thought the Battle Royal did, or Battle Royal, rather, for the women. Um, yeah, you only call it that on AEW, apparently. The Battle Royal, uh, women's Battle Royal for NXT. I thought both matches were great, but I think the... Uh, Gauntlet Eliminator was fantastic, and I'm very happy for Kyle O'Reilly. I don't know where this is going to end up going, because I don't know if Cole is going to cost him the title or not. And they're going to start feuding like they back, like they did back in the day in a Ring of Honor. Um, could happen, I guess. Uh, we'll see what, where it goes. But I thought that match was fantastic. What I'm Basically, what I'm saying is, at TakeOver 31, there's no way I see Finn Balor losing the title to Kyle O'Reilly. But... If Kyle O'Reilly is about to win it and Adam Cole costs him the match, I think that that could happen easily. Maybe he goes to Superkick Finn and Superkicks Kyle O'Reilly instead, or just straight up turns on Kyle O'Reilly. Who knows? We'll see what happens. Um, of course, you have Roderick Strong and um, Bobby Fish is the new tag team representing Undisputed Era as they go for the tag titles. Um, I think it's them versus... Was it Birch and Lorcan? 
Yeah, I mean they've only got four fucking tag teams. Yeah. I like the I like the little tournament thing they did with it though, where one person from each tag team fought against each other, and then if y'all won, if y'all could survive that, then your two tag teams would go against each other. I thought that was kind of cool. Well, something different. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I guess that's really all the wrestling this week. I mean, I watched Impact, but there's not really nothing of note to mention. Sammy Callahan beat RVD in a quick match, and then got five minutes alone with Katie Forbes, and then gave her a power driver. That was pretty badass. That was pretty cool. Um, and the Jordan Grace match was really good. Made my top matches of the week this week as well. Um, but yeah, nothing overly spectacular to talk about on that. Of course, the big news coming out of the weekend wrestling is uh, Road Warrior Animal passing away at age 60. Um, I believe either on or right before his anniversary. I think it was on his anniversary and 10 days after his 60th birthday. They said he died of natural causes while he was at a, like, a resort type deal. I guess probably celebrating his anniversary with his wife. Who knows? Um, yeah, shitty time to die. Yeah, crazy shit. Um, everybody's saying it's not COVID related, so... Um, but we'll see what happens when the results come back eventually. Um, but I thought it would be interesting, a did-you-know little segment on Road Warrior Animal. Um, he has a bigger connection on the stars of wrestling today than you may think. Did you know that he actually has fought against Heath Slater and John Morrison? He has matches against both. Um, Heath Slater, I believe, was actually his last match, maybe, I think, ever, when Heath Slater was doing the thing where he was fighting all the legends coming out. The Road Warrior Animal was one of them and came out and beat Heath Slater. And he also fought against John Morrison when he was in the uh, uh, Road Warriors tag team with Heidenreich and went against Eminem back in the day with John Morrison and uh, Joey Mercury. Um, and did you also know that he's actually teamed up with Matt Hardy at one point and Aleister Black at one point? Hmm. So he still has a connection on wrestlers today, a big connection um, on fans and wrestlers that were fans, like you saw Thunder Rosa, she had the LOD gear on and the and the little spider half spider on her face paint. I don't know if anybody could tell, but the pants she doesn't usually wear pants, but she was wearing pants with the little triangle thing at the bottom or the arrow thing on the sides, which was uh what they were kind of wearing when they had the red and black, and then of course when they came back as LOD 2000, they had that kind of logo on her on their pants and shorts or whatever. So that was pretty cool. Um. We'll see what happens with the couple pay-per-views coming up. I'm sure somebody's having a seamstress work on some gear to honor him in some kind of way. Uh, a lot of one of the guys, I guess you could really say he's one of the guys that a lot of people don't have anything bad to say about. Like if you looked at all the stuff, it was crazy about how many people like crossed his path and stuff, all the way to Enzo Amore to Thunder Rosa, Alistair Black. Um, just crazy how many people he came in contact with and gave advice to. Um, he's actually the one that told Aleister Black to sign with WWE, apparently, according to Aleister Black. So, yeah, big loss for everybody, including me as a uh, huge Road Warrior fan growing up. Um, all the way back in the days of, you know, war games when he teamed up with Dusty and... Uh, Dusty and Paul Ellering and uh, Nikita Koloff to go against the Four Horsemen. Damn. He had the crazy matches with Midnight Express, of course, the scaffold match. Um, they even were pretty big in, well, 
Hawk was pretty big in Japan um, when he went over there to team up with uh, the Power Warrior, which was the Japanese guy. I can't remember his real name, but they made their own version of the Road Warriors over there. And then Animal actually does have a match with, uh, if you go, I think you can find it on Daily Motion, where the Road Warriors, Animal and Hawk, were in, uh, I believe it's the Tokyo Dome, if I'm not mistaken. But it was a WWF and SWS crossover event, and they went against Tenru and Hogan. Hmm. And that match was like 20 minutes of craziness. Like, you want to talk about people no-selling each other, Hogan bleeding, how often do you see Hogan bleed? I mean, they were fucking each other up. Um, if you want to see some just tough motherfuckers go at it, watch that match. Of course, they had the crazy matches in WCW with uh, the Rick, Rick Steiner and Scott Steiner. Talk about some tough motherfuckers. Those two going at it, they, of course, I think they went against Doom, if I'm not mistaken, which is Ron Simmons and Butch Reed. And they also had matches against Lex Luger and Sting, which was some of their high, highlighting uh, tag teams, of course. And then, of course, like in WWE, uh, Nasty Boys, uh, Natural Disasters, Money Incorporated. You know, they've they've done it all pretty much. Uh, considered by many the best tag team ever. Um, so, yeah, it kind of sucked. That was uh, not expected. And I even had a, like this sweet storyline with my friend at work where I was saying that Cody could come back um, and, uh, like, like Arn could have turned on Cody and went with the whole horseman group that we were talking about where they have Tully and Arn be their people, like their uh, mentors and stuff. And Cody was like left on an island. And if you remember, he also has a connection with AEW because he was on the very first all-in show where he came out on the motorcycle or whatever at the beginning. And because Road Warrior Animal was pretty much like the last, besides Magnum TA, who's in a wheelchair obviously, uh, was like the last thing that was kind of connected to Dusty versus the horseman. He could have been the new mentor for uh, Cody, and I had this whole thing drawn out. It was really cool. So getting that news just a couple weeks later after coming up with that whole storyline was pretty shocking. Um, and I didn't see it till apparently after everybody in the world had saw it. No one mentioned me in any in, in anything, which they usually do. So because you were asleep. No, no, I get that, but usually people tag me and stuff, send me texts like. When Macho Man and Ultimate Warrior died, I got shit from everybody, even though I had already known. Um, but this one, no one tells me anything. And then, of course, I go to start AEW at work to try to watch some of it before lunch so I can uh, – because I stream a lot now on Twitch. So I try to get this wrestling in whenever I can. And I was uh, I was doing a mod at work. And so I set the phone up at the bottom, and I turn on AEW, and the first thing that pops up is the picture for Animal. And I'm like, what the fuck? I literally stopped it. Looked at it, like trying to process it, then turned it off completely, turned off YouTube TV completely, and like went to go read all the stories and stuff because no one had told me anything about it. It was fucking crazy. So, yeah, big shock to me that day. Did not know anything about it. Um, still kind of fucked up. And what's really weird is um, Pro Wrestling Crate, which I get, and you can see the new, newest video on our YouTube page. Um, the next month's crate is face paint and mask because that's kind of what they do for October every year. Mm. Which is cool for me because, you know, I all my favorites as a kid was the mask, the mask and the face paint guys. So, I'm ready for this crate. But before Shad Gaspard passed away, the next crate coming out had crime time in it. Just bad which is crates. a coincidence, right? Just like crazy coincidence. Well, guess who's in guess who's the first people are listed on the mask and face paint wrestling 
the wrestling crate for October. It's literally the Road Warriors. So just super weird when I opened up the crate and saw that. Um, just just not a great week. Kind of sucks. You could see that they were holding it back on AEW commentary because we all know Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone, out of all the announcers going on right now, clearly have the longest history with the Road Warriors and Animal. So, yeah, it sucked. Um, and uh, thoughts are with his family for sure and his wife. Um, don't really have any stiff shots besides that, but I wanted to make it its own little separate thing, so I'm not going to do anything. But we're going to take our uh, break. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about that happened in wrestling throughout the week, either wrestling-wise or um, outside of wrestling, before we take our break and get to the top matches of the week? I do know that Camille and um, Tom Lattimore got engaged uh, either yesterday or the day before. So there's one little stiff shot for y'all guys. Uh, not really. Just on the on the whole Red Warrior Animal thing, uh, I think it was, um, it was one of the guys there with Pro Wrestling Torch where they were talking about how Animal had already had some like heart and kidney issues too. And basically it, it tied into that whole group of people that came from um, – the the grandma b's biker bar where a bunch of like because i think it was uh eddie sharky or somebody mm-hmm. i think i was like sharky yeah it was sharky. It was the, he's the one that trained them all it's like yeah and like all those guys except for i think like one like but pretty much every everybody in that whole crop of guys is like dead now from heart issues and kidney issues yeah, and the only like one that's a, not dead is uh barry darso Koloff, right no barry darso oh, okay. who played demolition smash well, and repo man He's the one that actually got the Road so, yeah. Warriors into wrestling, I believe. So you got, like, Animal Hawk, um, Berserker. Um... Well, I mean, Koloff could have been with them, too. I don't know. But I know for I knew for a fact that Barry Darso was one of them, was one of the guys. Rick Rude. Yeah, Rick Rude. Um, but, yeah, it's like... It's crazy, too, because, like, you, you know exactly... Nobody wants to say it, but, like, everybody knows why you get... Heart and kidney issues in the same small circle of big fucking dudes who worked at a biker bar. Yeah. Like, it's not a secret, but nobody just wants to be like, yeah, well, they were abusing PEDs. And it's like, you know. Yeah. I mean, and it's, and the funny thing is, is like, you see you see how long Animal lasts is 60, which is pretty good considering. But you also got to yeah. take into account that if you look at a lot of old videos and stuff, Animal wasn't doing everything else that everybody else was doing. There's a reason why Hawk went. You know, years and years Hawk before. Was, he was doing had, cocaine. Right. He had the alcoholic problem. Right. Animal wasn't doing all that. Animal wasn't doing all the recreational drugs and shit. But he was yeah, clearly if you, doing... Generally, if you take if you take care of yourself and you're just on, like, steroids, you're, you'll be all right. Yeah. You, you do your PCT when you come off your cycles. You'll, you'll be t- completely fine. It doesn't fuck you up that bad. Yeah. But if you're if you're going high dose on them, then you are eventually setting yourself up for some sort of some sort of heart failure, yeah, or kidney issues for too. For sure. And then so. uh, then you got to take into account that Hawk probably took more damage in the ring than Animal anyway, because Animal was the big brawler and Hawk was the one flying around the ring because he was so fucking hyped up. He was, he was the one jumping off the top rope. He was also the one getting the heat the time too. Yeah. Well. So. So yeah, he was crazy as fuck. Um, but yeah, with the cocaine use back in the day in the '80s for sure. Um, and then the alcoholic issues later on, there's, it's not a shocking secret that, you know, Hawk passed away way before Animal did. Um, you've got, uh, I mean, look at guys like, you know, Dynamite Kid later on in life and Lex Luger later on in life, uh, mm-hmm. how their bodies just break down completely. Um, you're going to see the same thing with Scott Steiner in a few years, I'm sure. Um, it's It sucks, but 
It's a it, that's the risk that they take because they know. Back in the day, that the body was what sold pretty much. I mean, you had people with like no skills, but they had the body, and then compile well, compile okay. that with the fact that you do have some kind of extra skill, and then you can get the body. Then you know you're making money. And to be fair with Luger, like a lot of people look at Luger now and they see him like super fucking frail and fucked up looking, and they're like, "Oh, that's what happens when you off steroids." Well, he was in a wheelchair for kind a while of, too. but also he had a spinal injury. He also was addicted was to. Different. He was also addicted to pain meds as well. Yeah, he's he's on payments. That's how Elizabeth died. They were both on him. Um, but yeah, like he Luger in Luger's defense had a uh, he had some sort of nerve issue with his neck or spine or something, and it ended up fucking him up, which is why he wasn't able to even like really work out or anything anymore, and he was paralyzed essentially for a while. Um, so of course he was off gear, but, I mean, but it's, also it's not, not with. Me. I mean, it's not just with Luger. Though. I mean, you could see it with everybody. Even if you turn your life around, you're still gonna probably die way earlier than you think you are like eddie guerrero eddie guerrero had a substance abuse problem he was clearly doing steroids or some kind of ped as well because he was fucking huge in wwe compared to what he was in wcw yeah i mean it's no shocker um that he had a heart condition macho man randy savage had a heart problem clearly um hell he died of the of a heart attack while he was driving so uh warrior who you could clearly see was having issues all the way up to his death because you saw how much he was sweating on Raw and his Hall of Fame speech just sitting there. And you know Warrior wasn't shy to be in front of a crowd and talk in front of a crowd, so it's not like he was nervous. Clearly there was something else going on there, and then he passes away. Uh, British Bulldog had a heart issue when he passed away. I mean, these things are not uh, revelations. Schwarzenegger's had three heart surgeries, I think. And he's, he, you know, he's 73, but he can also afford that shit. Yeah. It's a little different. Like, when something happens to Schwarzenegger, he's like, all right, just take me to the fucking hospital. I'll pay for whatever it is. Like, I don't care. Yeah. Like, if, if you're a retired wrestler, you don't always have access to that kind of service or funds. It's also so... kind of shocking to think that Vince has lasted this long. Yeah, that's, that's a whole other thing. I mean, he has the money, too, has... obviously, but you don't ever but hear anything about him. As far as I've heard, though, he's also not somebody that really does a whole lot of recreational drugs. Oh, yeah, for sure not. And Triple H isn't either. Although, you, Triple H. Although judging from some of his uh, decisions, T-Bar, you yeah. would think that he was still, you know, he was <laughs> chopping up some well, lies. I thought of this name while I was on a mushroom trip. <laughs> I had a mushroom trip, and I just saw this group of five dark figures. Oh, another person, um, Dr. De- Dr. Death Steve Williams <laughs> was doing a bunch of cocaine as well back in the day. So, I mean, like... You've got to remember the time frame that they're in, and just because they're not doing those recreational things doesn't mean that they're going to be, you know, good just because they did one bad thing. Like Animal, yeah. for instance. Animal really probably only did the PEDs, as far as my knowledge. Um, he didn't abuse anything else that, we, that we're that we aware of that was publicly put out there. And he still not passed away at for, 60. Not yeah. enough for the general public to be aware of it, yeah, for which sure. is a lot. Yeah, so, um, yeah. But yeah, so it, it sucks when a person like that I mean, it's, that's why that, I think that's what made it more unexpected and usual as well. Um, plus, every time you saw him in a interview or a promo or anything, he still looked good. He still was like very lively. Um, you could understand him when he talked, you know, shit like that. Like he had all his functions. Um, so yeah, it, it it definitely hit me in a different kind of way. Um, it was up there with uh, when Warrior Macho Man Eddie Guerrero passed. It was it just hit you a little bit differently than. Uh, you know, like a Viscera or a Yokozuna or, you know, something like that. Like uh, people that you 
probably not too shocked that they passed away early type deal, I guess, is the best way I can decide. Yeah, especially like Yokozuna, too. You got comorbidity with, like, being obese is a lot worse than comorbidity with fucking taking steroids. But, you know, it's still... And so you you look at guys like Viscera and Yokozuna, and they pass, and you're like, well, yeah, no shit. But, yeah, it's, it's definitely different when the dude's still in good shape when he's, like, 60 and coherent and not completely out of his fucking mind, and then he goes, so... Yeah. Um, okay, so we're going to take our break on that note. Hopefully we can pick things up a little bit here um, on a better on a better note with the raise to the top matches of the week. Of course, I got my five men, three women matches, and uh, I guess we could talk a little bit about if you can avoid spoiling the next night or this morning's show. I don't know, man. I don't know if I can. We're going to talk about a couple of the New Japan G1 matches that did make my list um, for this week. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Monster Cast. I'm your host, Jack Dahl Jr., joined by Ryan Dahl, and Ryan has some breaking news for everybody. Yeah, so um, while we were on break, it uh, broke that Nikki Cross, Shayna Baszler, and Nia Jax are all off of tonight's card for Clash of Champions. Um, gotta assume it's COVID-related. Can't think of any other reason why they would be off so short notice, but I'm assuming they failed testing protocols, so they're yeah. off, um, which means no tag team match for... Uh, Jackson Baszler, and then I don't know if they're gonna grab a replacement for the Bailey match for Cross, yeah, for Bailey. But I guess we'll see. That'll be interesting for sure. They they could go Lacey Evans or um, Alexa Bliss or something like 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 if they did Lacey Evans. I mean, clearly she's a heel, I guess. So I guess it doesn't really make sense. But you could also have. An advancement in the storyline with Alexa Bliss doing her trance thing with the Bray Wyatt shit, so who knows? Yeah. I can't think of anybody. Who else is a face on SmackDown that could go against Bailey that's not Sasha Banks? Sonya Deville. She lost. She's she's not even in WWE. What are you talking about? I I know. I know. Nor is she face. That's all I can think Uh, of. I mean, you get Mandy Rose, maybe? I don't know. And she's on Raw. She got traded to Raw. <laughs> there is nobody else. I can't think mm-hmm. of anybody. Uh, Naomi, but I think she's still out with her injury that she had a surgery. She said something about she had a surgery done and she is gonna. She's close to being back, but not yet. So not her either. Yeah. Also, you don't really bring her back to lose to Bailey oh. anyway. Yeah, interesting. How they're going to play the Bailey thing. Or Bailey could just come out and cut a promo and be like, ah, even Nikki was too scared to fight me again. You know how she does with the heel stuff, so who knows. Uh, but yeah, so take that for what it is. Um, no, there definitely won't be a women's tag team championship match. If this was New Japan, then Riot Squad would be the, the new champs, but whatever. Uh, yeah. But they're not going to do that. Let's go. They won't. Let's go with the women. Top matches of the week. Uh, raised raised to the top matches of the week, I should say. Brought to you by Raids Energy Drinks. 300 milligrams of caffeine. You can take it as a pre-workout or whenever you need an extra boost throughout the day. Zero sugar. And you can buy it from GNC, Crunch Fitness, and Planet Fitness. But if you go to repsports.com or Google Raise Energy and click the link, you can use our promo code MONSTER and get 15% off your order. You can also select auto shipping and get an additional 10% off your order. So go to repsports.com, R-E-P-P-Sports.com, and use the promo code MONSTER for 15% off your order and raise some hell. All right. 
Top three women's matches are as follows. Number three from Impact, Jordan Grace versus Tennille Dashwood. Uh, gave it two and two-thirds star, almost three stars. Love the fact that Dashwood got the win. They also protected Jordan Grace in the match so that their feud can continue. Um, the Impact women division is, you know, is getting up there, bro. They're pretty fucking good. And Tennille Dashwood coming back just solidifies it even more. Uh, let's go to number two on the list is the Battle Royal from NXT. Now, I'm only going to give points to the final five members, which was Dakota Kai, Candice LeRae, the winner, Andy Hartwell, Shotzi Blackheart, and Casey Catanzaro, who had another great showing. She always does something crazy in the matches, you know, the American Ninja Warrior background. Um, Candice LeRae won it, of course, eliminating Shotzi Blackheart uh, as the final two participants. Um, so Candice LeRae will go against Io Shirai at TakeOver 31. And then finally, we got Thunder Rosa and Hikaru Shida versus Diamante and Ivelisse from AEW. I gave that three stars. Oh, I gave the Battle Royale three stars too, but um, Rosa and Shida and Diamante versus Ivelisse was, you know, you had two champions versus the two women who won the fucking tournament with the medals. So, I mean, like, you got basically champions on both sides there. Whereas everybody in the Battle Royale, you're fighting to lose to Io Shirai. So I gave them the slight edge, even though they were both three stars. Um, so yeah, those my women matches. My uh, men's matches. Just as diverse this week, we're going to start out with uh, five and four, which were both from AEW. Brody Lee versus Orange Cassidy from AEW was three and a half stars. John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston in at number four from AEW with three and two thirds star. Number three was from... Uh, G1 Knight 3, 3 and 3, 4 star from Jay White versus Kota Ibushi. Number 2 was the Eliminator Gauntlet from NXT. Bronson Reed, Cameron Grimes, Kushida, Kyle O'Reilly, and Timothy Thatcher. I gave that 4 stars. And number 1 was Naito versus Tanahashi from G1 Knight 2, 4 and 1 third star. Hmm. Yeah, um... Did you want to talk about the the Naito match at all? The Naito versus Tanahashi match? Yeah. Yeah, we can talk about it. I, like, I think we kind of talked about it a little bit last week because I definitely remember saying... Well, I mentioned like, make sure you go out of your way to watch it because we couldn't talk about it last week because it was on the Sunday of last week. So that's yeah, why it's in my so top five now. It definitely made sense as far as not having... I mean, you can't really have the double champion lose in their first match of the G1, obviously, but um, I thought it was a good match. I... Um, I the what I what I what I noticed most though was fucking Tanahashi's in really good shape. He's cut a good fucking twenty thirty pounds. I think a lot of people weren't thinking that match was going to be as good as it was, just because of Tanahashi's age and back problems and stuff. And they fucking over delivered for for night two of G one to put that match on was insane. Tanahashi looks great, though. The only like, bad part I can think of, you know, I mean, like, you know what? Let's talk about something. Let's talk about fucking Yano being 2-0 and to start this fucking thing out. Beating uh, Sonata and, no, I think it's fantastic. No <laughs> one saw this shit coming. Now, we always mention when we talk about the G1 how you always say Yano always pulls out an upset on somebody to, to be the surprise of the tournament. But for him to beat Sonata and Tanahashi in the first two of his matches, it's like... How is he not going to end up with 18 points at the end of this, or whatever the hell the max is? 
Because uh, he can't do that every time. Come on, man. Yeah, eight, it would be 18, right? You're going against nine guys. Two points yeah, for a win. Do that. Yeah, you can't do that every three. time, though. Come on, baby. Yes. You can't come up with uh, nine different tactics to Look, win. He's already if, it was Mr., if, it was Mr., if it was Master Watto, maybe. But this is... Anyway. This is, this is Toriano. Like, Master Watto wouldn't even win a you know. match in a Super Juniors tournament. <laughs> so what the hell are you talking about? So, Master Watto so Yano is, is... I mean, that's crazy, right? To start out against those two guys and win both? Yeah, I mean, the, talk... obviously they're trying to... Go ahead. They're definitely balancing this early um, as far as making sure that a couple of people that are favorites have their losses ahead of time so that there's more drama for later on. Um which is really all that is. Like you got to give these these guys that are favorites to possibly win. Like they have to have their losses somewhere. So that's yeah. Usually it doesn't it happen. Sense. As, usually it doesn't happen that early. I guess that's why I'm so shocked. But it would make more sense storyline wise for it to happen early because of the big break and you're not wrestling as much. If Yano's going to get some upset victories, it would make way more sense for it to happen in night in his first matches than it would later on when everybody's got reps under their belt and they're in better ring shape and they know what to expect and they're doing better, it would make way more sense for Yano to get those early upset victories than it would be later on in the tournament when everybody is more focused as the tournament goes on. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty cool that Yano's got two victories. Uh, shocking that Tanahashi's 0-2. That's crazy. Um, I assume that he will get a win in his next match, um, whoever it's against. I guess everybody can get an easy win over Takahashi, so... Mm-hmm. Um, did you watch the uh, the Juice and Kenta match? Yeah. Juice looks fucking weird. Why does Juice look so weird? What what, what do you think is weird about him? Just physically, he looks weird. Oh, he I doesn't look I mean, the same. He hasn't been wrestling in forever. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Like everybody's gonna look slightly different. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe he hasn't. Maybe he's been occupied. I mean, if I had Tony Storm as my girlfriend, I'd be occupied as well, and I'd be looking different. <laughs> Well, he apparently also shit himself during that match, so that's interesting little fact. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he fucking admitted to it immediately during the post-match, so there you go. Um, but yeah. But yeah, Naito and Tanahashi was fantastic, fantastic match. If you haven't seen it from G1 Night 2, definitely go out of your way to watch it. It was crazy. It was... It was like a. It was basically like you're watching a fucking Wrestle Kingdom match between the two, is how they treated yeah. it, which was pretty cool. Um, the uh, the Naito versus Zack Jack, Jack Saber Jr. match from um the same night as uh, Yano and Tanahashi was also pretty good. But that's just because I like to see Zack Saber Jr. lose. <laughs> so the ones that happened that we can't talk about. Um, but they're already done. Where um, Gabriel Kidd versus Yoda. You've got Tai Chi against um, Takahashi, Tokyo Pimp, um, Cobb and Suzuki, Ishii and Ibushi, Osprey and Takagi, and Okada and White. And Osprey and Takagi was a really fucking good match. Ibushi and Ishii was a really good match. Um, Jay White and Okada, if you've been paying attention to how the outcome shouldn't shock you is what I'm yeah. going to say. If you've been paying attention to their history, the outcome of Jay White and Okada should not shock you. Nor should how it happened. So 
I mean, I, it was still a great. It was still a great match, though. I thought it was still a good match. Yeah, it was. It was short, though. It was short yeah. compared to. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing about. We'll go ahead and talk about that a little thought... bit. Let me talk about it just a little bit. Here's the here's the stats on Okada versus Jay White. The main stat that you have to focus on is every time Jay White beats Okada, it's shorter than 20 minutes. But the one time that Okada beat Jay White, it was a 32 fucking minute match. I'm just gonna throw that out there. That's why I'm saying it should not shock you what happened on night. What is it? Four, I guess. Night four. Well, we just gave it away then, because well, I just yeah. said it was a short match. Yeah, well, that's whatever. I just said let's let's go ahead and give it away. It's no big deal. It's still mm-hmm. it's still a match you should go out and I mean check out. It's still one of the, I think it's better than the 32 minute matchup that they had. Yeah. The 32 minute. If you want to go watch 32 minutes of you know. Rainmakers and fucking switchblades or whatever. I mean, that's that's on you. But I mean, Okada. Most Okada matches where he's the ring general in the match and he's the favorite or whatever, and it's going thirty minutes. You're seeing a bunch of the same shit over and over. Yeah, I just. I mean, it's constantly fucking Gato interfering though. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, that's so annoying. Time. That's super annoying. It's just. It's... Yeah, what what appalls if they just me? Have, like a straight match. What appalls me the most about them getting involved is not even the fact that they get involved all the time. I mean, it, it annoys me because I mentioned it last week. That it annoys me. But the one person that got through this hump was fucking Zack Sabre Jr. over evil. Come on, man. If anybody should fucking get around all the interference and shit and has the history with Gato, it should be Okada. Not fucking Zack Sabre Jr. That makes no sense. I didn't like that anyway just because Evil's just coming off of being fucking double champion double and Zack Sabre Jr. is coming off of being fucking, what, tag champion? Not only like, double it's, champion, it's but stupid. a huge like storyline where he turned on his own group, then beat the fucking guy for his two titles. He just yeah. lost the two titles back to the guy, and you have him lose to Zack Sabre Jr. even with the interference? What the fuck? Yeah, I didn't yeah, like that That doesn't all. make any sense. But yeah, if anybody should be... Going around the interference, it's Okada, who is used to everybody and should know all their tricks by now. I mean, not only not only that, but also he should like, where's fucking chaos at? Fuck about it. I don't even know. Does chaos even exist anymore? Is the question. Uh, besides their I mean, besides their six man yes. tag champs, I mean, they're focused on that, I guess. Bro, that's a that's a prestigious title. Yeah, you gotta. They did have a yeah. they did have a fourteen tournament for it, so you know. I don't get it, dude. I I don't like that booking at all, but whatever. I don't know. Maybe Gator will be the next Vincent Man. He'll overstay his welcome. No, no, no. I'm fine with that. I mean, I'm not I, the booking. I don't get is the evil Zack Saber Junior shit. Like, I don't like the Gator. Well, I don't get the Zack Saber Junior shit be, even more because of what they did with Okada, though. Yeah. Uh, so uh, there we go. Uh, so there's the show for you today. I hope you enjoy Clash of Champions more than we will. Um, <laughs> Why uh, do they keep getting rid of all the women's matches? AEW fucking. <laughs> <laughs> they just got. They just dropped two women's matches. I don't see anybody up in arms. Yeah. Oh shit. Uh, give ten, Divas a chance, had, bro. They had ten matches and they only had one match, and they were on the pre-show. You sons of bitches. Yeah, <laughs> I guess they're moving Oscar up to the main show then, huh? Hopefully, actually, maybe not because honestly, yeah, how the maybe, yeah, okay. Why I not? Guess. You're taking but two matches have, off the main yeah. show. I mean, the Orton match can only go so long. 
Yeah, fucking uh, nay. Hey, you know, if he was Roman and Uso is going to go eight Jay, minutes, yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah. Jay Uso is definitely going to get his time now, boy. He's going to get his eight minutes now, guys. The worst it. thing they could do is, the worst thing they could do is go backstage and be like, "All right, Drew and Randy, listen up. <laughs> we got two matches. You have to make this ambulance match fucking seventy-five minutes now, boys. Good the luck." Only, the only way I can see this working out, well, it's not technically working out, but something they could do is, uh, they could just say like, "Retribution attacked." Shayna and Nia, like the like Mercedes Martinez, <laughs> Mercedes Martinez and uh, Mia Yim. No, just like all of them did it. And then, and then, <laughs> yeah, go all the way. And then attack Ruby Brad and Liv Morgan too, and just say, "Fuck it, you're not having a tag team match now." You know, something like that. That'd be fucking funny. Uh, yeah. But I don't know if they're gonna show up because they're exclusive to Raw. So Clash of Champions is not Raw. Same, same <laughs> Twitter exists, but you know, we'll see. T bar, that's gotta be T bar. Gotta be T Bar. What is J Bar doing in the Impact Zone? That's gotta be Mace. That's gotta be Mace. <laughs> this is fucking terrible. Dude. This is some of the worst shit. This is such good such shit. Bad bro. shit. Such bad shit. Mm. I can't, dude. Mm. But yeah, that's that's the show for you guys today. It's gonna be. It's gonna be an interesting night, um, uh, to say and the it's least. An amazing show. Maybe we'll come on and do a video. Re- no. <laughs> Drew, Drew McIntyre versus T Bar. I'm calling it right now. Next pay per view. Oh yeah. Let's... Fiend versus Mace. <laughs> oh shit. That's good stuff. Versus a mask match, bro. Yeah, that'd be good. And not really, because we know what they look like. But... It was Shane Thorne all along. <laughs> <laughs> This, this mask means so much to the fiend. He doesn't want to lose it. Because then we'll know who he really is. <laughs> hey, shit. The tradition of the Lucha Libres. Oh, shit. But yeah, so I guess uh, Kyle O'Reilly probably had the best week. It would have been Will Hobbs, but then his match got nicked. I feel so bad for the dude. He went... Yeah. He went he went from nothing to everything to then having nothing again. He's got and a like, like line buster though. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's gonna hurt somebody. <laughs> he fucking hurt Ricky Starks, boy. That should look painful. Ricky Starks is only an AW two get hurt apparently. Just so you know. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> I do. I feel like his little dance that he does along with his music though. Mm. But. Yeah, other than that, he's he's pretty much going to be a fucking punching bag for bigger dudes and somebody to beat up on other little dudes. We'll see what <laughs> we'll see what happens in the coming week, but uh, we're going to start it off with uh, Clash of Champions tonight, and then night five of G One, I believe, is Tuesday morning for us. Maybe I think, if I'm not mistaken. And um. Then of course you got Dynamite NXT Impact on Tuesday as well. Night five. Night six is the next one. Right? Oh, is it night six? My bad. I think so. Yeah, I think night five just happened. Okay. Yeah, night, well, whatever night five is Tuesday. Just Tuesday, yeah. I think, is the next one. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be uh gonna be some crazy shit. Oh shit, boy! There's actually really on. no good. There's no great matches on the next one. You got Uemura versus Gabriel Kidd, which is only interesting to me because I like Uemura. Then you got Yoshihashi versus Sonata, Zack Saber Jr. versus Kenta, Tanahashi versus Juice, Yano versus Evil. I want to see Tanahashi versus, versus Juice. I want to see Goto versus Naito, and I want to see Yano versus Evil. But I'm not, I don't really care about Tanahashi Juice. You just want to see Yano versus Evil to see if Yano can get another win. If he starts I'm, out 3 0, it's over, bro. bro He's going I'm, all the way. I hope so. I'll buy his DVD right now. 
If Zack Sabre Jr. can get around the fucking uh, interference, and Yano is the master of fucking, like, just uh, getting in people's heads and shit, how is Yano not going to be evil then? Uh, I have no idea, bro. I guess Yano should evil. definitely be evil then. If the, I mean, if we're going based this, off of who can play Yano's the best year. mind games. Yeah, if it, Yano it, it, doesn't win the finals, bro, I'm done with New Japan. Yano, this is Yano's year. You need to push Yano. But I want to see uh, Tanahashi versus Juice for sure. Yeah. I want, to, I, want to see, I need to see the high fly flow to see if Juice Robinson shits his pants two times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, Juice Robinson was my autograph in my last pro wrestling crate from the last oh, yeah? from the last video. Yeah, he was uh, drop kicking uh, Cody in it. It was pretty badass. Nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's the show. I'm trying to end it for the 18th time. Hello, fellow adventurers. Goodbye, fellow adventurers. Enjoy the show. <laughs> Enjoy the show tonight, and we'll see you guys next week.